Welcome to The Unapologetic Woman. I'm your host, Pyle Berry. With over a decade of a blended experience in clinical psychology and global leadership development, I've dedicated my career and life purpose to empower women to believe I deserve a seat at the table and it's about damn time. But how do you create synergy between who you are and how you lead? On this podcast, we address that inner critic holding you back, release narratives that no longer serve you, and explore how to use your leadership platform to make an impact around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Simply put, I cut out the bullshit. I'm here to share inspiration, practical tips, and have challenging conversations with other badass individuals who are shifting the narrative for all women. So let's stop apologizing for who we are and rise together as the unapologetic woman. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Unapologetic Woman. I am really looking forward to my conversation today with Molly Ho. Molly is a digital product and course coach helping online business owners create time, money, and location freedom in their lives. She helps her clients and customers from beginning to end, from validating their product idea to feeling confident in selling it. In addition to owning an online business, she has also traveled to six countries on her own and counting. I am really looking forward to talking to Molly today, specifically because I've been following her for quite some time and the honesty and the rawness in where she shows her journey through becoming a coach, her journey in mental health, her journey as she has literally moved out of her place and is currently residing in Mexico. And she's truly living out her values and continuously reevaluating it. This is everything we're going to talk about today. So I'm really excited. And I want to say a big warm welcome to Molly. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited for today's conversation. Yeah. So Molly, I'd love for you to just start with talking about what made you interested in letting your job go? And what did you do before you kind of stepped into this world? Tell the audience of like, what made you want to become a digital product and services coach? When I was growing up, I really struggled with like mental health and all of those things. And so when it came to time to like pick a college, I couldn't pick one because I was scared of like being rejected and I didn't know what I liked enough to spend four years studying in it. So I went to community college and after community college, I was like, I still don't know what I want to do. And so I ended up working at a lot of retail jobs and I really wanted to get out of that space. So then I ended up taking a job as an admin assistant. So they both had their own businesses and I was like, okay, great. I can learn the ins and outs of small business, maybe stay there for five years and then quit. Like once I quit, I'll have enough money to make a lot of mistakes and it'll be fine. (laughs) And not even a year later, they kind of gave me an ultimatum. And I was like, I knew that I didn't want to be there. I didn't know what I would do next. I was like, I can't stay here because their values really do not align with mine. And it just felt really off. And so I decided to leave, which is really terrifying. And so after that, I spent the next like two years trying to start and grow my business. And to be honest, I struggled a lot with that. So we can definitely talk about that today too. Yeah. Well, walk us through that feeling of quitting that job and, you know, going into, okay, I'm going to start something for myself because 
that is one of the hardest decisions to make for anyone where they think that they're going to get a lot of stability and, you know, they're making those choices based off of fear sometimes of going into starting their own business. Not to say that having a job and a full-time is, you know, anything wrong with it. Obviously, if that is for you, go for it. But for that person that's really aching for something of their own, what was that like for you? I was both excited and scared at the same time because I think I always knew I wanted to start my own thing, but I was terrified of doing that because like, what if this doesn't work out? You know, what if other people see that it doesn't work out? And I started making a lot of assumptions about what that meant about me, which mm. I didn't even think about that until years later on into my business of, you know, because once I had my business, it was was like my main identity was my business. So at first I was really excited to start this new business. I was also really scared, but I wasn't that scared because I had saved enough money and I moved back home. And so I knew I was going to be okay. But once things just didn't flow like I thought they would, I started becoming scared. You mentioned that you didn't go to college because you didn't know what you wanted to do. And then you quit your job and you saved enough money, but you knew you wanted to start something. How did you figure out what it was that you wanted to do? I didn't. I did a bunch of different things. I actually did hire a coach in the beginning of my journey. I think that she wanted me to be a coach because I think that, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there trying to coach other people how to become coaches. And I did tell her, I was like, I don't think that this is for me, you know, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. So how am I supposed to help other people know what they're doing with their life? Like, I honestly did not know what I was doing. So I kind of wanted to do like an Etsy shop. I wanted to do design. I was like, oh, maybe I could do something with marketing. So I really tried a bunch of different things. And I actually tried freelancing in the beginning of my journey. And then I found my way to digital products one day because honestly, it wasn't good at selling on Zoom calls. It just wasn't working for me. Like I knew how to get people on the Zoom calls, but I didn't know how to close them. You know, I find that really interesting because that's something very similar to my journey in terms of, I think there's a lot of coaches out there that want you to be coaches because that's what they know how Mm -hmm. to do. Right. And so they're just trying to give you the formula that worked for them. And that's what it is. And what you said right there is that you may not have known exactly what you wanted to do, but you absolutely knew what you didn't want to do. And that was coaching. And I think that's really powerful because a lot of times we fall into the trap of, okay, well, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. That's the should, right? All the Mm shoulding that we do because we see around us and in the online space, it really is just saturated with coaches. So knowing that there's another avenue that can exist and that what you've created here is possible. How did you know that it was within the world of design? Like, how did you get to that point? Growing up, I played a lot of Neopets. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I spent like a lot of my weekends creating and designing pet pages, like guild layouts and all of those things. And then when MySpace became a thing, I spent my weekends like creating MySpace layouts for like myself and my friends. And then I was always kind of good at that, or people told me that I was good at that. That actually went away for a while. But then in community college, I actually took two Adobe like classes, and that was actually the only training that I've ever got in design. And I really enjoyed that. I took back-to-back classes, and I just realized, I was like, wow, I miss doing this. So I knew that I was good at that, and that's kind of how it all started. Wow, that's really, really great. So at least 
there was honing into that. And talk to me about the journey of going from, you know, this coach that you hired and figuring out, you know, is it Etsy? Is it this? Is it, you know, I know it's not coaching. How was that for you when you were actually going through that? You know, you mentioned that you struggle sometimes a little bit of with anxiety. So, you know, being an entrepreneur is just a state of anxiety at a lot of times. So yeah. how did you go through those early stages and what can you share with, you know, listeners to let them know like what they can think about to do? Looking back at it, it was kind of messy. I think that I was just trying to make something stick, which I feel like is a lot of people in the beginning because it's scary. It's new. And you're like, can I actually do this? You know, and you see everyone else around you supposedly succeeding. And I say that because it's true. Absolutely. And Thank yeah, you for saying that. Yeah. It was like, I think one day I was having a conversation with some local entrepreneurs in Vegas and they were telling me that, you know, they were still struggling with their business, even after years and years of being photographers. And I was like, wow, you know, it's okay to have those moments and it's okay to not know what you're doing all the time. And I think that by hearing those stories, I started giving myself permission to not put so much pressure on myself all the time. And I think that was what really helped me because I used to be so sold by the idea of, you know, I'm sure we've all seen it. The everything is going to be perfect after you buy this thing and nothing, you're never going to struggle with anything again. And I can see it now, but even sometimes I think if you had asked me a few months ago, I would have been, you know, I still forget sometimes or not forget, but it's not at the forefront. Now that I've been in enough spaces, I know that what you see online is not always what is. Yeah, absolutely. I think the online space has been saturated with a lot of, and you know, success stories, which is great. You know, we want to mm -hmm. see success stories, right? but there's that lack of vulnerability because there's this fear of like, well, if I share that I'm sinking today, then I'm not going to get a client. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if anything, that client is going to feel a lot more relieved that if every day I'm not closing the sale, that means I'm not bad, you know, mm -hmm. and you really see that in that space. So creating community, I would think would be really, really important when you're starting off as a new entrepreneur is normalizing, you know, failure, normalizing, even pivoting, right? Like pivoting yeah. what you're doing in your work, in your business. I think that's really important to be like, it's, you don't have to stick with what you first carved out because you're going to, as you did make a lot of shifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So talk to me about what you have done now. And now that you're at this place where you have created a really great community that follow you. And, you know, I mean, I know I've reached out to you multiple times, like I'm ready. And then I back out, I'm ready. And then I back out. And, you know, I think that part about really being al alignment. And one thing that I've really appreciated about you is that there's never been any icky, sleazy pushiness. It's like, Hey, if you're ready, you're ready. If you're not, you're not. And I think that is something that's really valuable, especially again, in this space, how do you balance that for yourself, you know, with people that are, you know, coming to you, asking for support advice. And as you're kind of growing your business and seeing how much you've accomplished in this amount of time. For me, when it comes to sales, it really comes back to how I've been sold and what has worked for me. And I just know that when you're kind of pushed into sales or into buying something, you're not, you know, you're then acting from a place of fear and not, you know, desire and excitement and actually wanting, I mean, you do want to do the thing, but 
you know, it's different. And I just think that when people are ready, I just have to have enough faith in the universe and myself and the other person that they're going to come to me when they're ready. And it's sometimes, I guess, scary because I know that I don't make as many sales you know, if I were more pushy and if I were like, cause I know how to be pushy, like I've done it, but it just didn't feel good to me. And I was like, at the end of the day, I'm willing to, I guess, I don't want to call it a pay cut, but I'm kind of willing to earn less if it means feeling good myself. And I feel like I value feeling good and peaceful and aligned more than I value like being able to say, yeah, I scaled really fast, but also, you know, this is how I did it. Not that saying that there aren't you know, people scaling that are doing good things because there definitely are, but there's also, you know, people that aren't, if we're being honest. Absolutely. And in that journey, as you decided that, you know what, it's okay for me not to scale so fast. It's okay for Mm -hmm. me to pull back a little bit. One of those things being pulling back your membership community, you had that going. What made you want to pull back on away from that? So this past summer, I just, something just fell off and I couldn't pinpoint what it was. And I think that after coming to Playa, I reevaluated. I'm like, how do I want to live my life going forward? What do I want my next year to be like? What do I want, you know, in three years to look like? And I just realized that why I love talking to my members. I don't know if I want a schedule that has calls all the time. Like I'm okay with having calls during certain seasons, but I was like, do I really want calls every month because what I also noticed with memberships is there's people who you'll give all the information to and they'll just do it themselves. That's me. And that's really who I wanted to create the membership for. But then there's also a lot of people who are like, you know, I need accountability. I need to do this within their certain time frame, all of that. And I just realized that within my audience, I think there's more people who want to do things in a certain time frame than just have the materials whenever. Right. So it sounds like, you know, you really evaluated what worked for you, what worked for your life, and Mm -hmm. also what you knew that you could give to your clients without feeling maybe resentful, maybe feeling, you know, out of place with them. And then they would end up being like, what the heck? Like I signed up with Molly and now what is this about? Right. Yeah. So, you know, as I've followed you, you've become more and more open about your mental health journey and you've become more and more open about sharing, you know, what it's been like for you on some days. What made you decide to open up about? I think I've always been open, but I think there are certain times throughout the year where I've just not really pulled back, but I find that sometimes it's hard for me to find a balance between talking about business, like those are product courses, and then talking about, you know, mental health and all of those things that are important to me, because I've always been the type to want to talk about those things. Like if we're having, you know, lunch or dinner, I love talking about those things with my friends. And so that's why I like having a personal brand so that I can talk about those things. But I also just started sharing that because I know that, you know, after the year that we have had or like the last two years, a lot of work going through it. And I just remember when, you know, there were some really low lows and then there were like some medium lows, but I always felt like things got better if you just, you know, stay the course. I mean, of course, take breaks and stuff like that. But if you just stay the course, you're, you're going to find out a lot about yourself. You're going to learn a lot about yourself. And I just remember at the beginning of my journey when I wanted to give up so many times and I'm so glad I did it. Yeah, that's really powerful. You know, you sharing that about being more open and just 
letting people know that, you know, these are all the different sides of me and I'll share what I want to, but not everything. You know, I think that is really powerful because again, going back to what we were talking about, where on social media, it can be a lot of that positive toxicity where, you know, everything's great. Everything's wonderful. Look at me and my six figures. Look at me and, you know, this new thing that I just bought or now this, I'm upping my prices and all of that. And it just can really get overwhelming when you're in that world and consumed. And so by sharing these ways where you have, you know, pulled back on your services, but then you're offering things that are more in alignment with you. And you're sharing this part about how things have not been always easy. And there still are days where it's rocky. I think that's really important for people to hear because I don't think people give enough credit to what it really takes to start a business and then be in it and show up. You know, social media is not for everyone and it's not easy. And as we've seen, you know, lately in the news and stuff, it's, there's a lot of algorithms that are pointing to making it actually mentally very challenging for people. I want to know that, you know, for being on social media and showing up, that requires a lot of energy, right? And I'm an extrovert and yet I still am drained by it. You, I know, have talked a lot about being an introvert and needing your time away from people. (laughs) How do you manage your energy on social media and how do you know when to step away from it, especially to protect your mental health? I think this summer was the first time I really stepped away from it and it was really good for my mental health. I was planning to take one week off. I literally deleted Instagram and every single app that was on my phone that was related to, you know, some type of communication and it felt really good. And then one week turned into two weeks and then I think two weeks turned into four weeks. And then I think it turned into, I mean, eventually I did re-download the apps, but I was just like, wow, there's life to live outside of my phone. We know that, right? But it's one thing to know that and to actually live that. And I just had to, I guess, again, come back to my values of like, what do I actually want? Again, not saying that you can't have money and life, but at the same time, what I see a lot of online, and I've been talking to my friends about this too, is you'll see people say they only work four hours a week, but then you see them on Instagram for two or three hours. I'm like, so do you really only spend one hour working? Because I consider Instagram to be work. Like I'm working when I'm on Instagram. Yeah. So I think that for me, I just do a lot of check-ins with how I'm feeling and then allowing myself to take a step back if I need to. And I think that I don't run my business a lot of like very structured I'm okay with that because I know that at the end of the day, like my emotional health is number one to me. If I don't have that, then I don't have a business. You know, one thing that I hear you continue to say is how you continue to reevaluate your values and you keep Mm -hmm. coming back to, is this in alignment? How often do you say that you do that? So I actually learned about values. I mean, I guess I knew about values before, but I learned about values when I started working with my therapist. Mm -hmm. And when she first wanted to do the exercise, I'm like, this is so dumb. Like we all know our values. And then then after that, I was like, wow, values are really important. But I think that I have been checking in with myself for a very long time now, but it's definitely become more intentional this year. And what is the difference that you've noticed? I've stopped comparing to myself to others as much. It's easier for me to remind myself that, you know, there's more to life than business and social media. It's helped me deepen my relationship with myself more. Wow. (laughs) I have the chills. That is really powerful. 
Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I just, I want to take a moment <laughs> for that because, you know, as a mindset speaker myself and mm -hmm. a coach, like that's something that I teach my clients is that we first dive into values within the first couple sessions. And it's always exactly what you said. Well, yeah, I already know my values. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like, mm, let's really evaluate how you're living out your values. Let's evaluate mm -hmm. how you are immersing it into your services and offers, your culture that you're creating, all of it. And I think that that's where people get stumped because they don't realize that this is actually a living and breathing concept. It's not just something that's like a, I believe in trust. And so, you know, I'm going to trust the world, but how, how does that show up? It stopped you, you know, I think that's really, really important. You know, you said in those three things that you just said, something that's really coming out to me is that, and you've said this multiple times now is, you know, the value of living your life outside of social media. And there's a life to live outside of this and, you know, outside of your business as well. And one of that thing that you also said is about taking that pay cut in a way, or let's just say it as like growing a little bit on a slower pace. So, you know, I think that tie to values is so critical because a lot of times because of the space that we're in, because, you know, you, you leave your nine to five job and you're hoping that you're going to make as much money, at least as you made in that nine to five job, if not more. And then you get caught up in the whole like six figure, double six figure, triple six figure, seven figure, eight figure. And, you know, it sometimes is like you don't realize that you're getting caught up in the idea of more and more and more, but you may actually not need it. You may not really care for it. You know, there's a stat that shows that people who make, it takes about $80,000 in general, like, you know, when we're looking publicly for happiness because of your just paying bills, just getting mm -hmm. things, you know, done. There is actually no difference between the happiness of someone who's making 80,000 versus someone who's making 200,000 because everything above that is just extra. And it really just comes down to, of course, like your lifestyle choices. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've recently started meeting more people that are like, you know, I'm not trying to aim to be a millionaire. I'm was just trying to create freedom. I was just trying to create a life where I wasn't tied to my desk and they've achieved it, but it can mm -hmm. be really hard sometimes to not get caught up in that race. So, yeah. you know, I feel like that's what I'm really hearing from you. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, because I feel like, well, I, would, I didn't have a nine to five, but I feel like I see so many people who leave the nine to five and they end up in the business rat race. And that was where I was for a very long time. And it sounds like your values in working with your therapist has really helped you realign yourself with who Molly is and what Molly truly loves and appreciates, which is living an incredible life in Playa that I'm super envious <laughs> of right now. You know, talk to me now a little bit about your actual business. You know, we talked a lot about your mental health and just mm -hmm. your journey here, but talk to me about your actual business and what is it about that that brings you so much joy? I've been thinking about this recently and I think that... What I like about digital products or what I like about business in general, because I do think that money is important, you know, and I feel like ever since I started having more financial freedom in my own life, I've had the space to create room for other things in my life, you know, because money is what helped me pay for therapy. Like it's what pays my rent and all of those things. And I'm so grateful for it. And when I think about how I can help other people in their lifetime, like it might be through my posts where I share my story. It might be because I help people create digital products so that they can create 
financial freedom in their own life. It might be like some other way. And for me, I find that I want my business to be very kind of fluid where if I decide that I want to change it next year, then I can do that. And I think that's kind of scary sometimes because that also means that I might not be able to scale my business in the way that other people have, but I'm okay with that. Like, I like that. That's really great. And, you know, when you're talking about that, about if you want to repivot your business and you can, like you've created a business model that allows you to change within that and have the flexibility within that. Mm -hmm. What is it that keeps you going within this current work that you're doing? So funny that you asked that because I was actually really struggling with it these past few months. And I feel like after coming to Playa, it made me want to start working my business again because I've started talking to so many people who are like, yeah, I quit my job to come here. And I just basically took a leap of faith in myself or, you know, they wanted to come here because they wanted a freedom-based lifestyle or because they asked themselves, like, they're like, what do I actually want? And I've realized that I'm really good at what I do. And for a long time, I did not want to say that. And I was like, no, actually, I'm really good at what I do. And I do know what I'm doing. And so I think that my business, again, has also helped me grow. So as I grow, my business grows. And as my business grows, I grow. So I think that I don't like going outside my comfort zone, but I always do it. So I guess on some level, I do enjoy it. So, yeah. Well, I think being an entrepreneur, you're just forced to be outside your comfort zone. (laughs) That's so true. You know, it's so interesting. I've always fought a specific identity of myself because, you know, I'm finishing my PhD in this next year. Thank God. And as I'm working towards finishing it, you know, I've been told multiple times that I can come across as I'm relatable, but it's hard to connect with me sometimes because I speak in an academic way at times. I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not academic. I'm totally not because I think of academics as like, you know, nose in books, like researcher, you know, professor, all of that. And as much as I admire it and I'm always inspired by them, that's not what I want. And I really, really was hiding from that part of me. But then lately I've actually realized like, no, that is a really big part of who I am. I mean, I've literally been in school my entire life and I'm going to be 39 next year. So, you know, it's like, just own it. You are a school nerd. And, Mm -hmm. you know, how do you bring that into your business, into your work and start to realign. And in fact, I haven't made this announcement yet. I'm not going to right now, but I'm actually drastically changing my business next year. And I'm really excited about it. And it's honoring that part of me that I was resisting for so long. And I think that what I'm hearing from you as well is that when you stop resisting parts of you and you start embracing it and start to nurture it and give it love, then you actually open more doors, you know, the way that you have, even in this community that you're building in Playa, is that these conversations that it's getting you out of your comfort zone, one, to make this big, bold move, but two, meeting new people when you don't want to socialize, you know, and getting inspired by what they're going through in their journey. Yeah. And I love to hear that you're honoring like yourself too. And, you know, just embracing that part of yourself because that's really what it's all about. Yeah. You know, it's something that I think is really important is to normalize change and, Mm -hmm. you know, what you were in your early twenties is not who you are in your thirties and it's going to change again in your forties. And so with that, you know, if your business grows, moves, you know, it can all stay within the same world. Like you're not leaving necessarily design, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not suddenly going to pivot to becoming a 
I don't know, a neurosurgeon or something. I mean, maybe, (laughs) but like, you know, it's like you're finding your, what works and you're growing with your audience. Do you ever get nervous though, that as you're pivoting or as you may make changes that you're going to lose some of your audience because they're no longer going to be in alignment with where you're going? I used to, but I feel like I've pivoted enough times and I've not lost people necessarily. I feel like some people do drop off, but I've also noticed that people come back again. So I really trust that, you know, people are going to reappear in your life if you're meant to, or if they're meant to, you know, if I might like reappear in someone's life again, like I meant to, I really take the approach now of like, I'm just going to trust that things will happen as they're meant to happen or as they're not meant to happen. Yeah. It's really important. You know, as you're navigating all of this and working through and how do you celebrate your wins today? I actually, okay. Someone asked me this a few people have asked me this ever since coming to Playa. They're like, do you live here or are you just on vacation? And my answer now is like, yes, I live here and life is a vacation. (laughs) I love this. So I try to celebrate every day. Like I feel just like by walking outside, it feels like a celebration because it's me living my life. It's me enjoying my life. It's not just me going on social media to say I'm enjoying my life, but it's me actually in my body can feel that Mm -hmm. I'm happy to be here. But if I'm going through a launch or something, or if I'm, you know, something like that, I actually tell my clients and my students, I tell them I actually celebrate three times throughout during a launch. So I celebrate pre-launch, I celebrate during a launch, and then I celebrate like after a launch. Wow. How do you do that? (laughs) So maybe pre-launch is like, I'll take myself out to dinner during a launch. I'll take myself out to a massage. Like after a launch, I might go out for drinks with friends or something like that. Wow. That's really, really (laughs) intentional. And that's so important because so many times people will justify anything that's coming their way at a mm-hmm. win and more than celebrating, it's really normalizing that. Yeah, yeah. I'm really good at what I do and that's okay. You know, yeah. and, and not having to put even the word just like, yeah, this is just who I am. Like, no, remove that with saying, this is who I am. This way, and, yeah. You know, and that makes it so much more of a powerful statement. You know, a lot of times when we are navigating these spaces, we're surrounded by people who have played a really big role in either helping us get there or, you know, moving us in a direction that we couldn't imagine without their support. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious for you, you know, I tend to ask two specific questions to every guest. The first one is that what does the unapologetic woman mean for you? If you had to describe what that was or characterize her, what would that look like? I think she's someone who knows who she is and isn't afraid to be herself and shows up as she is. And if she like, as change comes into her life, she embraces that too. And who has that been for you? Like myself. (laughs) Love it. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, tell me about that. Like, you know, when you see yourself as the unapologetic woman, what does that mean for you? I think in the past I used to want to, or even maybe even now, but I used to people please a lot. And so I would mold myself for other people to like me more. And I came down to a point where I was like, you know, I really want to make sure that I'm loving myself and loving my own life and loving the way that I do business. Because since we've talked a lot about business, I used to run my business the way that I thought I was supposed to, because it was how everyone else was running their business. And 
it just felt very exhausting to me. It felt very heavy. And I started saying, no, this is how I want to run my business. And I'm going to trust that it's going to work out, that the people who align with that are going to find me. And I feel like it's worked out that way. And then also the same with life. You know, this is who I am. This is how I want to live my life. These are the things that are important to me. And I feel like the more that you are to who you are, you're going to find people that align with that too. Yeah. And you're definitely living that out today. And it seems like you're continuing to grow and embrace, you know, the changes that are happening for you. And, you know, for listeners, like, I think that is one of the most important pieces is that when we're in that state of anxiety, when we're in that state of overwhelm and everything feels like it's just coming in on you and you're not going to be able to figure it out or that your business is failing or your decisions are not there. You're feeling guilty about saying no, just remember, you know, it's kind of like what Molly has been talking about this entire episode is go back to your values. And if you haven't done the exercise of really understanding your values, one thing that you can do is write down what is important to you and give it a number, give it a scale of one through 10. How important is this to you? And how does this show up in your life? And if you're saying that it's important to you, is it showing up in your life or are you actually going against it? And that's going to help you find yourself a little bit more. So with this, you know, I really want to say a big thank you to Molly for sharing your journey, for sharing your openness about, you know, what it means to find yourself, what it means to build a business that's not the status quo, not the cookie cutter of what other coaches are telling you, but it's because it's in alignment with you and that it's okay to pull back. It's okay to move forward. It's okay to change as long as you are really honoring yourself. So I want to thank you so much for that. Where can listeners find you? It's going to be all in the show notes as well, but I'd love for you to share a little bit of where they can find you and how to connect with you. Yeah. So they can find me on Instagram, that's mainly where I hang out. So Molly Hill Studio. And then if you type that into Google, like all of my links should show up as well. So I'm at mollyhill.com. Actually, I think those are the only two places. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're also on Clubhouse or? No, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel you on that. Well, thank you once again, Molly. I really appreciate you being here today with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to The Unapologetic Woman. If you like what you heard today, then please subscribe so you'll get real-time updates when I post a new episode. And if you really believe that others should be hearing this, then leave a rating or review this episode so others can find it too. And if there's something you'd really love for me to cover or highlight, then head over to my Instagram account at Pileberry. DM me to let me know. I'm all ears. If you want free resources, practical tips, and inspirational stories that I share with my clients, visit pileberry.com and subscribe to my newsletter. You'll get them all. Until then, take a moment to celebrate your journey, reflect, and be ready to embrace your next epiphany.